hear a lot of people say, and I grew up hearing this, and I'm sure you did too, money doesn't buy happiness. It doesn't, but it allows you to have a lot more flexibility in life. Money just alleviates stress. Give them a rundown on the, the struggles, the, you know, what, what Instagram and reality didn't show. I think the whole conversation we're having tonight is for people to be excited because if they can drop the fear of judgment other people and pleasing this and pleasing that like you get to kind of experience these fun growing moments welcome to the uncensored podcast to the uncensored podcast all right guys welcome to another episode of the uncensored podcast today kayla and i are going to have a bit of a chat in, in, in regard to some financial stuff, because we just got our, uh, our tax return back for our first full financial year inside the adult industry this morning. And it was a number that obviously Carla and I have never experienced before, and it was significant high, significantly higher than any number we've ever experienced you know, in previous endeavours. And I thought it'd be cool for us to just chime in here and have a bit of a conversation in regards to what that allows you to do mentally obviously you know you guys follow us on social media and you see a lot of the fun we like to have and, and the flexibility we have but I think the biggest thing for us is what it allows us to sort of do in a sense of growing because with with the industry we do here and if you're in it you'll understand you get a lot of hate you get a lot of backfire you get a lot of people that question a lot of things and the reason you forward past all of that is because you're doing this, you know, this business for a financial, you know, gain, and so I thought we'd jump in here and have more of a conversation around the, the different levels of, you know, people viewed you as successful when you were hair, you know, a hair salon owner, and you were making what an eighth of what we just made now, and how that might have shifted with people's views of, you know, you sticking through everything in the early stages of becoming what you are now in this profession, and just sort of a general conversation around life in general and how it's changed from the you know the 15 years we were together prior to our first full you know year together experiencing a level of money that we've always wanted and known we'll get but I guess this is the first time I've actually you know seen it on paper so I'll let you uh, start the audience off with a bit of a throwback I don't want to talk about any of the money now but let's just give them an idea and I want to hear it from your perspective what was like realistically our life like in those salon years? Because everyone else, right? They, oh, you own a business. You're so successful. You're doing well. It's just a myth, right? Because you own something, or you, or you, or we own. No, no, no. Debt. The business owns you. Yeah, right. So let's give them a, give, give them a rundown on what life looked like, and and we're as transparent as they come. So give them a rundown on the the struggles, the you know what what Instagram and reality didn't show. And that's the funny thing is still to this day, so many people, obviously pretty much everyone puts the highlight of their life on Instagram, but not the reality when it comes to anything in life. But yeah, take it back, I guess, yeah, to when we bought the salon, what was it, six, seven years ago now, give or take, whenever no, it was. No, yeah, 2016, yeah. Whenever it was. Anyway, I reckon I would have easily been doing to the day that I closed the salon at least 40 hours a week on the floor, take out the week of Christmas. Um, so completely just, for anyone who doesn't know, um, just completely working my ass off while behind the scenes you were running around like a crazy person doing a million and one things that I physically couldn't do on the floor to then at the end of the week be taking home $1,000 or maybe just a little over $1,000. And I know, I think when we started, or when we bought the salon to us, like that was a lot of money. I was going to say, to give everyone a bit of a rundown, because if you're new to following us and, and you see us, you know, go have like stupid shopping splurges or, or things that we value as fun to us, it's easy to sort of just be like, oh, 
they've always had that or they've had that for a while or maybe they were born into it or like people just like to make up because I used when I was bankrupt I used to find reasons to dislike people that did things that I couldn't do and so there's obviously gonna be people that would, would view us that way and in the grand scheme of things we're tiny compared to like real successful people we're only talking in, in comparison of where we were to where we are now so it's like that thousand dollars a week was the highest amount of money either of us ever got paid Literally. in a job until we got rid of it correct it was it was to us i think each week that you would pay me because <laughs> you were kind of my boss <laughs> it was like having that amount in my bank was like heaven it was like, okay, what can I do with this? And How realis- long did it last? Yeah, that's my point is realistically it would take about 24, maybe 48 hours max to that to dwindle down to like maybe a little under $300. By the time all of your bills came out, you were left with this tiny, probably even less than that, tiny bit of amount of money that allowed us to maybe have a little like one one night a week chilled out date night, nothing extravagant and – to us back then, like that was massive. We we had never come into, in our words, the money that we have now. Yeah, I'm just I'm just sitting here quietly because <laughs> I'm um it's just like it takes you down a, a memory lane kind of, and obviously you guys have listened to earlier episodes. Like I went bankrupt at 21 and relied on Kayla's income for what I mean relied on I was just unemployable so I was always in and out of jobs and you're an apprentice and so we spent the good part of and and we'll get into sort of the money oh the money um I've lost the word I'm I'm looking for archetypes as as this episode goes on and because you'll understand why we enjoy spending and enjoying things now is because we've spent like over half of our lives you know physically with each other and and 85 percent of that was like a manifest like we, we were in, we, we would go to melbourne and we would walk down chapel street and the only thing we would buy would be like hot chips because that's what we could afford and we would just window shop everything down there and we sort of did that with a lot of things we always wanted fun things nice things you know more expensive things and we're still in a position now where we now we look at the next level up and it's like now we want xyz up there and we get to that point where you kind of have more debt than you do money and I'm sure a lot of people you know in here could probably relate to that because that seems to be the the standard narrative of society in general it's like the the what I learn very quickly where we're rich compared to where we were but I wouldn't consider us rich in the sense of richness like not even close like the one percent or whatever in Australian income whatever you want to talk about that's a very broad like I think I read something the other day it's like you got to earn more than it's about 280 grand a year correct me if I'm wrong, to be in the top 1% or 2% in the country. But that 1% is massive because it can go from 240 grand to 240 million all inside that 1%. And so I think it's it's just an exciting space to try and, you know, live through. And I guess the best part we want to try and share in this episode, and I want to pull apart from Kayla, is how it's changed us as people, you as a woman, us as a couple, by having that flexibility because I guess – what a lot of people in here may understand if they're in a similar situation to we were, that that debt that comes out of a, a weekly paycheck, that compiles really quickly and that just brings home unnecessary stress. And you, you know, I mean, how many arguments did we have at home over the most pointless shit? That was, that was related around money? But no, it was never – yeah, it always came back to that. Like we would just be so worked up internally over things that were irrelevant to money 
but the fear of the money caused us just to just to sort of attack each other and you know we we, we spent endless nights doing you know what was that Macca's uh twenty twenty dollar thing where we got dinner no nineteen ninety five nineteen ninety five right like the social media showed oh these guys are they're in Bali or Thailand or like whatever they're doing but the reality was on a weekend it was let's hire a movie and let's get the nineteen ninety five Macca's feast and that's like that's like we've tapped out the weekend. Now we have to go and walk the beach or do something the next day because we couldn't spend any money. And so paying the picture of of who you are there because you hear a lot of people say, and I grew up hearing this and I'm sure you did too, money doesn't buy happiness. And I think – It doesn't, but it allows you to have a lot more flexibility in life. Well, I think money money, money just buys choices and, and with your choices you can, you can create happiness. And I think that money just alleviates stress because they're the only – the only things that, to my memory, ever like we we had a fine life together. The only thing that would ever cause dwindling to that was the stress. Correct. Yeah, no, because I heard this saying. I was uh, I was at an event, shit, probably six years ago, uh, and this was in the midst of like being dead broke, like week to week dead broke. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll share this little story just to paint your picture. This same event, uh, a good mate of mine, Reese. You know, he. He, he was smart, successful with money, and I was the polar opposite. And we had this event down in Sydney, and I couldn't afford to go. Thankfully, he gifted me a ticket. I couldn't afford any accommodation. So they literally let me stay in their apartment, and I just crashed. Like There was like three of us that slept on our floor, and we used the couch pillows um, as like as like head pillows, you know, just so we could have some warmth and accommodation. Everyone else had the bedrooms that could afford to go. And sometimes moments like that lead to good things because that very next morning I heard this one saying, and it says, wealth grows to the extent you grow yourself. And I was just, you know, when you're broke, and, and if you're broke and you're listening to this, you'll understand. You, well, you probably won't because you won't want to. But you find this, you find problems with everything. You find reasons to blame everything, and and like it's something you shouldn't be broke, but you're it's just unlucky. Or you make up all these bullshit reasons. And then I heard that saying, and I was like, interesting. Maybe I have to become a better person for better income to follow, and we have to become a better couple. And so I wanted to sort of. Not interview Kayla, but I guess pick your brain on what you think. Because we had to grow an awful amount of, you know, individual and as a couple to do what we do now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. And if you're enjoying yourself, which I'm sure you are, locate that subscribe button because there is plenty more juice coming your way. Right, and so we've never had this conversation privately. So this is kind of fun for us here because it's easy to sit there and be like, "This is what we made when we owned the salon. We have nine x that income." This is a good perspective. We've nine x the income, and we've decreased probably eighty five percent of the expenses. So what's left in in our actual pocket is is drastically different to what it was owning the hair salon. And I never thought about. The growth that we, you know, when we first, let's go, take us back, the early stages of us entering the adult world, we faced all them challenges, right? And I guess growing through that allowed us to become someone who's willing to, you know, and, and ready to earn this income. So maybe what were some of the biggest growth moments that you can remember? Gosh, you're testing my memory here. Well, it doesn't have to be back then. It could be recent. Just things that you... And I am putting her on the spot here, guys, because this is we didn't we didn't rehearse this or talk about this prior, but it just came to me then when I when I sort of said that quote to you, and I was like, interesting. We've obviously grown in certain areas of discomfort 
for certain areas of money to follow. And so I wanted to put Kayla Sorry on the spot. And, you know, small, like you told the story about like my first ever scene and you lost the plot and flipped out and like your first ever, you know, private work where I came home and I drank myself to sleep because I couldn't handle my emotion. Things like that at the time you don't think anything of. Correct, yes. But thinking back now, right, they're massive growth periods. So yeah. outside of maybe those experiences, were there any other moments through the year, not just like me being with other women that you've grown past, you, you personally, like, you know, when you worked with Johnny, when you had your first scene, when you went to your first group session, like all these things are moments of discomfort that you've got to grow past to get shit done. I'd love, I'd love a couple of examples because this is just me asking Kayla questions because I'm curious, guys. If, if, right. if you're listening, it's good for you, but I, I'm just curious. I actually can't think of anything off the top of my head. Like I guess when you say like shooting with Johnny or going to your first group scene, like to me that's nothing. It's just – it's mundane for me. Well, what, so was, to, what was hard for you in this, in, this, in this last 12 months? To be completely – What were moments that pushed you where you're like, I don't know if I want to – Keep doing okay, this. to be completely honest, still to this day, as you know, and maybe other people do know, is my dad 110% is against what we do for work, especially me. So I think when he did find out, and I wouldn't say he disowned me, but he definitely very much distanced himself and we probably didn't talk for a good six months. Like, I mean, not even one word. Now we say a word here, there and everywhere. He's attempted to kind of make up at the end of the day our relationship is nowhere where it ever was. So I think when that happened, that really made me question, do I really want to continue to do this if it's really affecting certain members, sorry, really affecting certain family members in my life? And I was like, well, fuck it. If I was to go back to a normal nine to five, he's going to be happy as Larry, but I'm not. If I'm stepping into an industry that's not perceived as normal, he's going to look at me completely different. And I think I had to grow past thinking or I had to grow past – what are the words I'm trying to use? Um, allowing other people to kind of – Judgment. Yeah, the judgment. Fear of opinion. That, yeah. yeah. And I get still to this day it bothers me and I, sometimes when people say things like judgment, it bothers me. But I definitely think 10 million times I have grown from where I used to be 12 months ago where judgment would affect me like more than ever. To where it does today, and, and that's funny because you know, people listen to this. You, th- you think for you, for you to eight or nine x your income, you know, you think you have to, you know, fly to the moon. Like you have to make some humongous move for that to happen, and and you really don't. It's really just the small little moves stuck through, right? Because he, he, at the end of the day, Caitlin had this conversation when it was, do I stop and go back to another job and hopefully mend relationships? But at the end of the day, like. The work had been done by that point. So even if you stopped and you went back to nine to five, you still had a scene out. It was still spoken about, right? Like what? Yeah. what's different to shooting one scene and shooting a hundred scenes? It's, Realistically nothing. It's the same shit. And so this is where a lot of people on here, it's very easy to become a people pleaser. Uh, and and I, hopefully you can use our example and especially Kayla's example here. You know, a lot of people, you're so stuck on having to keep other people happy that you – you hide shit or, or you don't go through with something or you, you don't have the confidence to feel something or you end up doing enough other stuff to make everybody else happy that you leave yourself like sort of sit in a position. And he, he, here's the difference for us. If, if you, after your first scene, when Kayla shot her first scene, we hadn't made a dollar. Like we, we hadn't made a single dollar. And so that scene could have got released, could have gone, ah, oh, fuck it, I don't want to piss people off. I'll go back to work in a job. And the scene's out and – we have no money for it, but yet 
the rumours are still floating around, the hate, the negativity is still there, and it's for nothing. You just you stick through that a little bit, and sure, it's it's at the cost of certain level relationships, but like relationships can be mended, right? It's not like anyone's fucking killed anyone or done anything drastic where it's like, oh, I can't. Like, it's just people learning how to control their own emotion, and and that takes time. And if you can't control your own emotion, then it's a, it's a you problem, right? And I think this is where everyone on here needs to pay attention to. And my my personal growth moment, like. I'm a very carefree human and I think that allows me to take a lot of risk because I don't really fear shit if it goes wrong. But, like, again, I've said this on many episodes, right? Like, you're, I'm, I'm not, uh, like, a cuck husband. I'm, I'm not, like, some guys get off on watching their girlfriend get smacked with other guys and, and do this and do that. I'm, I'm the polar opposite to that. I completely remove that from my existence because – of the financial gains. And so getting these tax returns allow me to this like that's the it's, it's, see this this is where the money language is and we'll talk about archetypes here in a second because for me it's getting that tax return and seeing that figure and, and what I can buy with that and what I can do with that and how I can live with that is literally the 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 high five, the, the you know, the handshake of going through what you've gone through. And I guess on your end like what is it for you like you you were willing to go fuck it that's someone else's problem if the relationship fades that's on them but there would have obviously been something that like you kept doing this why like obviously there's more that you want to experience and buy and enjoy with the finances that this provides that it was worth allowing what happened to happen I knew that if I stepped back into the hair industry, whether it was owning a different business or working for someone else or educating or doing whatever, unless I was a very well-known famous salon, I knew I was never, ever, ever going to make the money that I could potentially in the adult industry. Like it was pretty much, you know, when they say like people – well, the, the, you follow the footsteps of the people they've already created, whatever Correct, that yeah. saying is. That's pretty much I, – I knew the foundation. I knew the blueprints. I just had to physically do it myself and follow it. But like I said, if I stepped back into the industry I was in or even just worked a normal job, I was never going to be able to make what I do now. And that was the fundamental. That was the driving power in me to be like, well, fuck it. I can lose – completely lose a relationship with my father. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to die when I'm however old and be like – I didn't get to do the things I wanted to do. I didn't get to fulfill my dreams because I thought, oh, well, he thought this or she thought that. That's powerful. Like, obviously, because there's people on here, right? Like, you're, there's things you're not doing because you're trying to keep other people happy. And I think you just exactly heard Kayla answer it on a T. She could have done something to make other people happier, but that's, you're focused on someone else's emotion and the, the consequence of that would have been Kayla spending the next 15 years unhappy. And at the end of the day, guys, you have to take yours. And I think if people, if people really love you, then they'll be happy when they see you happy. And that's, 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 that's the, I don't care what anyone does as long as you don't like, obviously we're talking like the. Within reason. You know I mean, like <laughs> don't, don't kill people and do things you shouldn't do in, in that sense, you know, but like, Whatever you want to do, if it makes you happy and it puts you in a position to live a certain life, like nothing else should matter because you're happy. Like too many people live this depressive, miserable, uh, financially struggling lifestyle because they're trying to please somebody else. 
or they're trying to protect somebody. Like you just cannot afford to do that because I speak on this shit all the time. You don't know if your last day is tomorrow. It could be in two weeks. could be fucking 55 years from now. Who knows? You might, you know, you might get lucky and go to 120. Whatever the case may be, you have no idea. And it's just, I think it's a crime if you choose to not tap into potential that's slapping you in the face because you're trying to keep other people happy. So I, I love that that would be Kayla's reward if you guys want to understand the simple metrics of the whole thing. What she does for work is easy for her. Doing public events and public speaking and flying to other states or countries and I'm not there and doing things, that's uncomfortable. You know, putting relationships at risk because people don't approve of things, that's uncomfortable. And because she wanted to face those little uncomfortable things that over the long term don't become uncomfortable at all, she 9X'd her income. I, just, I want you guys to really understand you, you didn't you didn't fucking build a jet with your bare hands and fly to the moon and like, you know, all this I wish I did. hectic stuff that people think. Because when, when you and I were broke, or me because you were always good at savings, when I was broke I used to think wealthy people just had this it factor. They just, there was something. And it's really not the case. People that have above average income just do just a little more uncomfortable things and they do a little bit more consistently, a little bit longer, and it's literally the difference. It's literally the difference. You know, we, we live a, a fun life now and we have the opportunity to use what we've, you know, we've 9X and for us we want to 9X again. Like it's, this is a, a wealthy number compared to where we were, but in the grand scheme of things I would still classify this as broke for the Jackson and Kayla that wants to be where we want to when be and when we're 40 and, and I think that's the best part is you you have to keep growing as people and so right now you know we're a type of you know, we're, we're the couple that overcame challenges to 9x from the salon to now but we are absolutely not the people or the couple that can become multi 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 millionaires yet we're at, we have to grow into that and I think that's the that's the fun part to be like well how uncomfortable is it to get to here we've just sort of tapped into it a little bit uncomfortable but not really that bad so this fear of going, okay, cool, uh, by the time I'm four, 40 is a bit too far away, let's just say 36, you know, three, four, four, you know, I want to, I want to turn over, uh, let's just say, fuck it, five million a year, right? I just, just a ballpark number. I've got to become that guy in the next three, four, five years. You have to become that girl in the next three, four, five years. And there's going to be more adversity that's going to come from that. But I think the simplicity of learning this part of it is, this is, fun. this is a podcast episode that we've shared with you guys that we've literally just kind of created on the spot with fascination of just maybe hopefully helping you guys unpack that. Anything else you want to? Yeah, I have a question for you. Oh, no. <laughs> Did you think in the first 12 months we would 9x our income from where we were? Um, I was hopeful, but I think the hardest part for me is I didn't actually see – it no i think i think it's hard it's hard you know like i'm a manifester and i always believe that you always hope for the best and 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 go for the best but it is difficult to see yourself earning certain you know what i mean like i'll be completely honest i yeah i did i did because i i i think before i stepped into the adult industry 
I looked into it from a more behind the scenes perspective and I guess a financial perspective. I was never going to dabble into this world and put myself out there so publicly in such a an R-rated version if I'm like, oh, we could make $100,000 a year from this. Well, I, I knew we were going to make enough to be happy, but I no, I, I wouldn't have sat there and said we're going to like – do as much as we didn't. Not in the first year. I still, I, I knew at one point we'd get there, but I thought we had a, a lot more growing and stuff to do. And I think this is just one of those moments where you get to go, fuck yeah, that was enough to get to there. So, you know, getting to that next 9x, you know, really isn't that so hard. What is next for us financially? Like, what are our next financial goals? It's not really, I'm not really number driven anymore. I think this, it's the, like, when, when you and I had – so the most amount of money I ever had in my savings account, guys, and full transparency, again, I didn't have more than $1,000 in a savings account until I was over 27 years old. So just let that sink in for a second. Over 27 before I had my first $1,000 in a savings account. That's disgustingly pathetic, but I was just that shit guy. So when you're that person, you're so focused on numbers. I need to see my first six figures. I need to see my first – 250 or you're so focused on numbers and it becomes this thing that now I think because we exceeded a number this year then I knew we were going to make a decent number but I didn't know it was going to be you know the number it was type of thing and so I don't think I have a number goal anymore I think it's now just we've never really had a number goal though I just knew that well I knew that I would definitely exceed more on this because it's so natural to me because I think my sex drive is so high but now we're stepping into a career and make money from having a high sex drive I knew that I would thrive in it so we are nearly finished this episode and just like you I don't want our time together so we are nearly finished this episode and just like you I don't want our time together to come to an end but the good news is it doesn't have to because if you think I'm uncensored here, imagine what I get up to on my OnlyFans. Hit the link below and I will see you in there. Have fun. Yeah, and so this this is where it's it's a funny little mindset for you guys to have because to to earn more money, you've got to grow. And to grow, you have to learn. And learning can come through reading. It can come through experience. It can come through – I like to put myself around people – that have what I don't because they all have characteristics that I try and pay attention to and I still try to do that. You know, I've just invested into a company that I can't talk about yet because it doesn't launch for another few weeks and the person who started the company, you know, miles above me when it comes to financial knowledge and technology and, 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 you know, income success and things like that. And the first thing I said to him, I'm like, when I invest, can I have a seat on the board, not as a board member but as just a, a fly in the room? Because when, when all these high-end level people have conversations about what moves they want to make in the business, I just want to be in the corner listening to how they talk, what they talk about, what they think, because I can just bring that back to ideas that Kayla and I have. And he said, yes. So, you know, we've, we've, we've got a partnership and I invested in that and I will be doing an episode on that in August when I can talk about it because I'll have uh, some real gangster uh, opportunities and offers that you guys can take advantage and have some fun. But beneath the point of that, it's, it's the growing factor of – Picking if you're if you're solo, it's it's gonna be harder because you've got to you've got to wear all the masks. You know, if imagine if I wasn't here, you'd have to wear the mask of 
the high sex drive, the work, the collaborating, the coming home, the clients, the this, the that. Then you'd have to sit down. You'd have to look at well, what's a good investment opportunity. What, what's going to grow my money? Because making money doesn't mean shit if you don't grow your money, right? Like any Tom, Dick, and Harry can make fucking money, but you got to grow your money, or or, 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 or like what it's just going to fucking you know dissipate type of thing. And so like we are quite lucky. That's that why we are the perfect dynamic. Dynamic because I'm the one who I guess brings in I guess a little bit more of that income whereas you're the person that then diversifies it into different ways that we can make that bigger yeah and so yeah right so if you're listening to that right like to a lot of couples try and compete with each other I won't say a lot but I, I've seen couples and in this industry especially you know ones that we're not overly close to so like I've just seen from afar but it becomes this competition where it's like you shoot, I shoot. Like it, it becomes more focused on the sex and where we allow ourselves to separate and we're able to do so well so quickly for us is we don't oh, – there's no competition really. It's like this is what you're strong at, this is what I'm strong at. At the end of the day, the end goal overpowers all of that. Like there's no – like I might shoot with a girl and you're uncomfortable or you shoot with a guy and I'm uncomfortable but – none of that overpowers the end goal. And so you get over your shit real quickly when you focused on this leads to that, that leads to that. You don't know who you meet. You don't know who you connect to. You don't know what we, we shot with a girl two weeks ago. And just in the conversation we had prior to shooting the scene, we had light bulb moments and we were like, we need to apply that into an area of our business. And so all of a sudden the scene became backburned and the conversation became pronto but the only reason we all met together was to create the content, right? And so it's like life examples of just being in situations with people who you just don't know. And if you ask the right questions, you kind of get the right answers. But that question you asked me, flip it to you. Why? You said before you knew we were going to make a, a decent income from – okay, and here's the thing, guys. I don't want anyone to sit there and be like, when we keep saying decent and big, we're solely only talking about us, right? Like – Everyone has different levels of big money. When I was, when we owned the salon, hundred grand a year was classified big money to us, right? So whatever number we're talking about now is is big money for us. But in the grand scheme of things, please don't sit there and make up scenarios that these snobby multi multi millionaires are just X Y Zing, right? Because I know people out there will fucking do that. It's not the case. That's where we want to go next. We're just simply talking about a nine X income on what we used to make, right? And Kayla mentioned her income earlier at the salon, so you can do the math on that. But what made you so sure that we were going to do two, – two-part question. What made you so sure we were going to do well and how did you know we were going to be able to stick it out? Because when we first ever started the adult industry stuff, we kind of just said it's a temporary side hustle, cash thing, right? We're not really doing it to get ahead. We're doing it because we can go to pack fair on the weekend and buy some cool shit because we're sick of window shopping. Well, how did you know we were going to go past that into a point of it's a solidified career? I think already had been in the adult industry prior to closing our salon and I guess seeing the potential it had already brought us and that was only very part-time with the limited hours I had was still working full-time in my business. That was like a small kind of little portion of what I knew we could do full-time. So like I said, okay, does that make sense? Yeah. Like you knew the the tiny little hours we had, maybe one hour, two hours each night, 
to do what we did and then maybe a bit more on weekends we had a bit more time flexibility like that was already bringing in us in enough and we were already turning away work so when I knew that I could step into it full-time and I could work completely my own hours 24-7 if I wanted to that's when I knew that we could do a lot more than I think what we thought we were going to do and how did you know we could stick it out I didn't I didn't at all what what we all hear, this would be a good relatable question for a lot of the people listening out there, especially couples. What were some of the, what were some of the, the fears or, or reasons that you thought we wouldn't be able to stick it out? I think for me personally, it was pure judgment because 12, again, like I said before, reverse 12 months ago, I was so fearful of what people thought of me and said of me and assumed of me that that would sometimes outweigh the things that I would do or the things that I would post because I'd always say to you, what do you think people would think of that if I posted that or if I put that on my story? So I think that was what was holding me back. But, yeah. So you you had this this vision of wanting to become a well-known star in the industry but you had the cloud over the top of people wanting to kick that girl while she tried to climb the mountain type of Correct. analogy. Like I had a few clients in the salon who had been in the adult industry and like many different fields of the adult industry, not just OnlyFans, that were doing so well and I would always be so envious of what they had, whether it was money, time, flexibility, choice, freedom and I'm like, you go girl. Like I'm not judging you but I know that if I was in your shoes that everyone would for some reason be judging me and that I think was what holding me back at first from, from thinking that. Yeah, I mean, that's a fear I think everyone here is going to have, right? And I'd love to – there's another one I want to talk on is the tall poppy syndrome. So many people uh, – and we, we've got friends that, that are like this and, and they'll know who I'm talking about. They it's, – it's like if people try and make you feel guilty if you do better for yourself. Um, and so I, I want to – did you ever – did you ever struggle with tall poppy in, in a sense of – as you started to grow your wealth, were you ever, oh, I, I need to be cautious and safe with this? So were you like, I'm, I'm going I'm to spend this, I'm going to enjoy this, I'm going to let the whole world. I think we know the answer for it. But <laughs> but at, at the start, <laughs> did you ever have that tall poppy? Because for me, I struggled spending at the start because I'd never seen $1,000 in my savings account. So the second I've got two, three, four, five sitting there, I, that was like a, a millionaire for me. So I was like, I don't, I don't want to go spend that because I've never seen this number there. I want to keep that number there. Did you ever have that or were you like, I'm going to spend it, I'm going to enjoy it, full stop? Yes and no. I do remember back to our first um, quarterly bass when our accountant came to us and was like, this is what you guys have spent, this is what you guys have earned. And <laughs> I remember you looking at me and going, Kayla, you need to calm the fuck down with your shopping. But I was like, baby. We, we can tell them that number because it's, that's, it's that's all a different the t- number. That's <laughs> so fun. It was all the tax write-off. So our, our first quarter um, in, in, in this industry was 100 – it was like 130 or something like that, right? And and we, we – I say we, like I had any fucking part of this. Kayla spent – was it 99 or did you crack the hundred? I think it was. It was about ninety nine, right? So, so for the first quarter, we made about one hundred and thirty grand. Ninety nine of it spent, spent like to her credit. You know, we, she had like titties done and and some beauty stuff done, some and obviously assets that made my business better. Correct, they are in our line of work. They are assets, right? And so you have to invest in your business to make more money, and that's what we did. But sixty grand of that would have been 
shopping and shoes and handbags and you know. But at the same time, you've not gone crazy like that since then, no, right? That and was, so that was like, that was the first time in literally my whole life that type of money had been correct. in my bank account. And like I said to you, and when the end of that quarter came, I was like, it was almost like I needed to get that release out of me. It was like I've never been able to do that. And this is just money that's coming into my account each week. And I'm like, I'm going to fucking enjoy this. Because like you said, you could die tomorrow. And you're like, well, all those things you wanted to do, but you had fear around money, saving mm. for a rainy day. And it never happened. And it's like, you never got to enjoy that. That's exactly what I did. But like now, fast forward, everything's within reason. Like obviously more expensive things that we look at. And I'm not just talking materialistic items, just anything in general. I'm always looking at, well, is this a tax write-off? Is this going to benefit our business? Or is it going to be another whatever it may be that we utilise and then it, it's no more use to us anymore? Because it's, it's that fine line, right? And and like I have this conversation with family um, all the time and, and you guys you probably heard this and you know maybe your parents and generations it's, it's that save for that rainy day right it's like oh it's 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 that over the top need to be safe and cautious Kayla's whackham see again right if you can hear our dog snoring this is a real life podcast shot by real people <laughs> you know we have pugs you hear a little snore in the background and you don't like it fuck off if you do like it welcome to our life but it's that it's that it's that need for I think I think to me people are, are so fearful of not having it that they become overcautious of, of, of protecting it. And you could have an accident. You could, I mean, you could also not, right? But I think we just try to live with what we've got right in front of us right now because you just you have no idea what's going to happen. And so it's that fine line of, well, how do I make sure I've got enough to have a future because you can't just be a dick and spend 100 grand a fucking month and – be broke every month and hope the money comes back in, that would be foolish. But at the same time, why would you want, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions in the bank and not enjoy what it gives you? And so it's finding that balance of like what you want. And I think at the start you're allowed to do it because you. this is a perfect example, right, guys? And it'll sound materialistic at the start, but I'll, I'll share with you why. How, you'd have, I don't want to know dollar figures because it'll make me sick, but – you know, in equivalence of, of the, the, I'm just talking like your fancy brands, right? In shoes, bags, rings, just the, all the dumb shit that you love. <laughs> There'd be what, 30 odd different items, probably like more, I don't know. Let's say 30 to 40, right? Of I'm talking all those brands that you women love that us fellas hate. But take it back, Kayla has, she, we bought a, a Prada bag for Kayla uh, going back. Shit, well, maybe. The first ever one, eight mm, years. Eight years, give or take. Right. And this, this bag at this particular time was was about two and a half grand. Uh, and and this is this Mm-mm. is back when I had Mm-mm. more. It was Less. about three eight. Yeah, fucking hell! You probably told me it was two five and didn't tell me the rest. <laughs> anyway, let's say three three eight. <clears throat> I took. I remember this clearly because it was an anniversary present. <clears throat> and <clears throat> we've been together maybe five six years at this point. And you fellas, you'll understand this if you've been with someone for a few years and you have like fuck all money. And birthdays and anniversaries and shit rolls around. And you, you feel <clears throat> there's only so many flowers and, and uh, I'll get you something better next year cards that you can do before like you just got to get something. And so Kayla found this Prada bag and I'd never stepped foot into a fancy store like this ever. 
back and I'm talking this is back if you you've seen photos of like when we share throwback photos this is like bleach blonde haired thug wanker looking Jackson he didn't belong in a, in, in a Prada store and I walked in this store they made me put gloves on to touch this bag I'm like this is fucking ridiculous like what am I doing here and I found the bag that she liked and I literally had to take a loan for it like I took a loan that I, it was three eight it would have taken me two years to pay this loan back right I probably would have paid three grand on interest and like but but it's just I share the story because it's so funny that like we've still got that bag right so when when Kayla buys these, and I things, still use that bag. Yeah. So some people, probably, oh, she does she not have enough? Do you do this? Like Kayla, when she buys this, she, she really looks after it, really cherishes it. Like it's it, this shit will last a long time for her. Stays in beautiful condition, and, and she'll probably resell them in the future. Everything and, lives in their boxes. Yeah. Right. But it's just such a cool story that like, cool. We were in Singapore a few months ago, and we walked in, and, and you just buy what you want on tap. I almost feel like it's not. It doesn't hold the same value as it did back then because of the importance of you know and it's just i don't know i'm just i'm I'm rambling but i'm also it's just i'm like i'm storytelling at the same time because i'm just getting lost in the story too and i think the whole conversation we're having tonight is for people to be excited because if they can drop the fear of judgment and other people and pleasing this and pleasing that and remove the fear of you know, I need to have money for this. I need to do this. I need to. My parents or grandparents or school teacher said this, and just start living a bit more. Like you get to kind of experience these fun, growing moments, and the more. Just, I learned this saying. You learn a lot of sayings. I, I get, this is the perk, right? While Kayla's out there, you know, gobbling balls, I'm reading books or whatever. Like you just, I pay a lot of attention to a lot of really wealthy people in the world, and they talk about you know, these cool things and it's the rich get richer and the poor get the picture. And I was like, what does, what does that mean? And, and when I, when I pay attention to the rich, it's like, it's just, it's a different conversation. And, and the people that are in that position, always negative, uh, always find reasons to complain, always cast judgment, always, we've never had judgment from someone who's successful. You only get judgment from people that have, their own shit in their own world to fix. And so when you when you can piece all these things together, and this is where I'm talking now, of we, we've done okay this year because we just pieced these things together and you have to just third person yourself and step back and, and look from a different perspective. And once you sort of see all this stuff, it allows you to just, just grab it and take it from a whole different sort of perspective. And I think, I think it's been a fun conversation. Just it has. Sort of You've asked me questions completely on the spot that I, I don't know how to answer. I'm fanboying today. I'm just I'm just listening as, as a fan of the podcast versus you know hosting because it's, there's, there's so many things in there that will help because people I'm sure there's people listening to this podcast that are way 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 wealthier than we are right and if you're listening, come at me because like hey uh, you know I want to follow you and pay attention to what you do, but if you're the other spectrum and you're the Kayla and I from you know, many years ago that, you know, we were talking about them struggles. Heaps of the shit we spoke about today, like, will benefit you because it was just, all you have to do is just shift that narrative of how you think and what you focus on and, and, and the things that you, you may fear. And you, you, can't, you can't jump through the bubble in, into that, that dream that you want whilst you're carrying the weight. It's, it's impossible. I, I've, I've seen, I'm watching people try and do it right now. I've seen people try and do it and there's going to be people that keep trying to do it. You you want something and you want to jump for it, but you're not letting go of a weight. 
it's gonna it's you're just gonna stop yourself every fucking time and you're just gonna keep wasting time. So that's probably enough of me chiming on. Anything you wanna No, I'm I'm literally just listening to with? you today. No. This is annoying, right? We started this podcast and Kayla was supposed to do all the talking. Kayla was supposed to host and just ask me questions. See what happens, guys? You know, she brings me what in. What happens so when you put an introvert and an extrovert together? Me. It just makes me do all the talking. But I think that's enough from us. Uh, anything anything at all? Finish and give, give him a banger to finish. I don't have a banger quote oh, like you do. Come on. <laughs> I don't have a banger quote like you do. All right. I well, heard this guys, quote a long time ago from someone. No, I don't have one of those. I really thought you were about to say something. <laughs> Sorry, babe. I was like, what did you hear? <laughs> All right, finish it off. Tell the people they can find us. <laughs> Make sure you like, subscribe and leave us a review. But thank you for listening to another episode of the Uncensored Podcast. See you guys.